Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lovability Show. I am Jennifer Stiers. I'm here today with Sidekick Brad. What's up, everybody? And uh, we have a special guest. Uh, it's a friend of mine from many years ago. I met her at Match.com. She is their uh, chief dating expert. Uh, her name is Rachel D'Alto, and she is joining us from, gosh, you're up in the Northeast. I forgot. Rachel, say hello and tell us where you're joining us from. I am in New Jersey, and it is cold, and the Joy-Z. snow is on the ground. Yeah, Joyzy. Joyzy. In Joyzy. In New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't know much about snow here in Texas, but that's okay. We're good. We're good. We saw snowflakes. We saw snowflakes <laughs> once this year, ago, didn't yeah. we? Four inches. Yeah. That's no, big for us. <laughs> it was good. You know, it's funny. Uh, so Rachel and I um, were brought in by Match.com. That's how we met um, as they had chosen top relationship experts in the country, and I met Rachel and she's a bundle of love and joy and, um, and, and a plethora of information as well. So she has stepped in as Match's chief dating expert. And, uh, and this is the time of year, like Rachel, this is it. Uh, you know, we are, the, it's the busiest online dating season up until February 14th. So it starts at Christmas, ends on February 14th. I shouldn't say it ends, but the, the rush, people are looking for love, they're excited, they're ready. Uh, and online dating has really taken a boom, um, really increased during COVID. I mean, nobody could connect uh, at all. I mean, everybody was home, isolated, couldn't go out. Of course, nothing was open to go out to. Uh, so so here, everyone was found in this dilemma. Tell us about what happened. I mean, did online dating, did it take a did it take a dive and then an increase? How did that work? I, I don't even I don't even know. I haven't even asked yet. You know, I'm not sure that it ever took a dive. I think it just kept on growing. And we saw so much activity. It was record setting. Uh, Even throughout the summer, typically that Christmas to Valentine's Day is, is the busiest. But we were seeing even last summer as being busier than our busiest seasons. Uh, the dating Sunday, where we typically see a, a big spike, that's uh, January 3rd, which was just a month ago, we saw a 98% increase. Wow. So there's just enormous jumps of, of people dating online. And it's, you know, necessity is, well, it didn't, it's already invented. So it's not the mother of invention, but it's the mother of get online and find somebody because you can't go out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely, I mean, thank God we had it because I think the people that were single and, you know, it, even they were dating there. I think people got used to dating and dating around and playing the field and doing that whole deal that probably wasn't that healthy. And then COVID hits and everybody's isolated and the people that were alone were really alone. And I think the people that couldn't be alone, the people that had a really hard time being alone probably felt it the worst. I mean, connection is a basic human need and I don't think people realized until we got in that position just how important it was to be connected to others. Uh, so it was it was a tough time, but we're we're slowly but surely hopefully hopefully crawling out of it. Uh, but in the meantime, here we are. We've got online dating. It is a way to meet people. Um, it is a way. I'm a matchmaker. That's another way. Uh, you know, there's friends and family. You know, that still. I know there was a big study done by Stanford University that's done every year. And they talk about the fact that it's still really high up there, even though online dating has taken a surge because of 2020, uh, you know, meeting through friends. 
um, and mutual acquaintances is still really high up there. So we, but we, today we want to give advice also to, to people, because I know there's people that don't want to online date. They've tried it. They don't want to do it. I'm not here pushing you to do it today. What I am doing is I'm going to, and we're doing, is we're going to give you some advice to be able to steer through some of the challenges, and there are many. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, Rachel, you know as well as I do that there are lots of challenges to online dating. Uh, as people jump on and start talking about it online, let's, let's us start the discussion as well. So what do you think the biggest challenge is, Rachel? What is, as, as the chief dating expert for Match, what, if the, what do people come to you with the most? I think the biggest things that people have challenges with is finding the right people. So it's weeding through a sea. Sometimes more is not more. Obviously, it's it's nice to have options. You know, if you log on to an app and and there's no one there and, and you're picking from three, it might be a little problematic. But when you have to wade through a sea of options, uh, that can be problematic. And also people not being exactly who they are and not showing up as themselves online is is a challenge too. But it's interesting because we introduced uh, our, our within video dating portion of the app called Vibe Check uh, right in the beginning of the pandemic. And I think that's something that people should be using from now on is jump on a video call. At least you get an idea of who this person is. You get to see them, you get to hear them, you get a better general idea of who they are as a person. And that can make an enormous difference in your success in online dating. Because that frustration of, oh my gosh, this person seemed great. And then I meet them and they look nothing like their pictures or they <laughs> they seem totally off. Or I just knew within a second that I shouldn't be wasting a night hanging out with them. I could have I could have realized that this isn't a match within a minute. So it's called Vibe Check? Yes. So we have an in-app feature called Vibe Check where you could just connect via video and you don't have to give them your number to FaceTime or get on a Zoom call. That's great. So you can just jump in there and vibe check. So what are you finding in regards to people using that? I mean, what are the numbers? Do you, do you see the turnover? Do you see a lot of people going there? Yeah, there there are a lot of people that were not open to video dating that are now. 70% of users say that they like video dates. They like being able to check that vibe. Uh, the average call is 20 minutes wow. on vibe check. So we have some data on that where people are jumping on. They're not spending hours on there because that's not the point of it. The point is to really check the vibe. And depending on where you are and your risk tolerances and where you're at with, with the COVID story, uh, that needs to you know be figured out path that vibe check. But at least you know, this is somebody that I do want to meet in real life. And now I can figure out what that looks like. Do Do you think that now that people have gone through the pandemic that, uh, and, and I know we're still getting through it, but now that they have experienced this and they have a new, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say fear, but a, a new perspective on things that they're being safer, they're trying to be safer, which I think is the benefit of all of that that has happened is it really put a big pause button for people that were serial dating and uh, looking for the next best thing and exercising more than their options, that it really put a halt to that behavior. And I personally feel, and I'm seeing this more than ever as a matchmaker and a coach and as an observant of watching people and listening to people's stories, more people are connecting now more than ever. I think more people are falling in love. I think it was a wake up call, whether people realize it or not. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I, I agree from a professional standpoint, uh, just as an observation, you know, of what has happened. I think that people have realized that love is a priority and companionship is a priority. And maybe you didn't have time to realize that until you're home making sourdough bread. Uh, but now you're saying, <laughs> I really do want to put this effort into finding my person. And and actually, our, our data that came out in Singles in America, uh, number 10, which was released last October found that there was a 58% of singles are now looking for a more intentional way of dating. They're, they're shifting towards intentional dating, which to me means we're not just hooking up. We're not just casually dating. Like we're looking for our person, whether that means that you want to get married or just be in a relationship. We're, we're being far more intentional with our dating because we realize that, you know what, <laughs> it's kind of nice to have somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. That's what Brad and I were talking about all through 2020. I'm still thinking about the sourdough bread. Yeah. <laughs> so. Somebody say sourdough bread. Yeah. yeah you know, we, we had talked about all, all through the pandemic. That was our conversation was intentional dating. We were hoping that that was what was going to come of it. What is surprising to me is that only 58%, I know that may seem like a high number, but why is it not 99%? Why is not everybody that's on online dating intentional and serious about what they're looking for? Whole other story. And I think that leads to the frustration for people. So let's talk about some of those frustrations because I do hear them all the time. And uh, folks, feel free to chime in, um, ask your questions. Uh, Rachel's here. She does this day in and day out and answers questions for people and deals with these kind of dilemmas. And I know you have them. Some of you are just completely turned off to online dating in general. And some of you have had bad experiences. I think the biggest one, the biggest, well, the two biggest ones I hear were what you already mentioned, that people aren't who they say they are. They don't look like they, you know, that they look and um, they're just not who they say they are. And, uh, and then the other thing is that um, they're getting ghosted. They're just, that communication yeah. thing is not happening and, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody last night, like we were sharing dating stories and he was telling me about a friend of his, it was a woman that, um, is dating around online and she's finding that the guys are like, she, well, she talked to a guy for two months, for God's sake, she talked to him for two months online. Who does that without meeting them? <laughs> um, but go to find out that when she finally did make that connection with him and, and she, she found out that he was, he was a catfisher. It wasn't somebody that he, she couldn't understand why she wasn't meeting him. I guess she put her, his picture. I don't know all this technology stuff. I put it into Google and did some search and got in touch with the guy, found out he had, had been married or was in a relationship and he wasn't the one online. Somebody was using his picture and, uh, but, but she had been talking to him for two months. So shame on her. That was her, you know, it was her bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you, I mean, you've got tools at your disposal, Rachel, like you said, you've got the vibe check. You've got, you know, FaceTime, you've got Zoom, you've got all kinds of tools to be able to, if somebody's not comfortable, you know, meeting in person just yet, if somebody's not comfortable meeting in person yet, just yet, number one, they may not be ready to date. Number two, they may not be who they say they are, right? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Rachel? I know I just threw out uh, my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are a hundred percent right. I think that there absolutely is no excuse to not be on video for two months. I mean, I get it. Sometimes people are like, how do I ask them if, you know, I, if I do want to do a vibe check or I want to get on a video date because I'm not sure that I want to meet them in person, how do I ask that without it feeling awkward? But it's a different story. If you're talking to someone for two months, you need to say, hey, let's, let's have a glass of wine together, a cup of coffee together over video because 
you need to know who you're talking to. And that's that's what I think the, the best part of this video dating element that came out of the pandemic is, is that you don't have to have, you know, those two months of not knowing who you're talking to anymore. It is now normalized. You can have that conversation. You can ask the question of like, let's jump on video and it is normalized. So for anybody who is talking to someone that they have not met in person for months, stop, <laughs> stop it right now, get on video, make sure that this person is someone that you want to invest time in. Because even if you haven't met in person, you're still investing energy. You're still investing, you know, some of your emotions into this person because people can fall in love with a profile and that's problematic when they don't match who they are. So yeah, you know, it's yeah. also I, <laughs> get on video. I love that. We're, I love the, the name, how they labeled it vibe check, because at the end of the day, that's it. You know, you can, you could have a great conversation with somebody, but your energy's got to match theirs and you've got to feel some kind of connection. And as crazy as it is, I think you can through video. I think there's a oh, lot so too, yeah. that you can, right? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot you can get through video. So utilize that tool before you waste your time and money going on a date with that person, right? <laughs> yes, I agree. Period. Just waste it. It's already a, a big time suck anyway. I mean, you know, online dating, you've got to put in the work and you've got to put in the activity and then to sit there and waste two months of it. It's kind of, right. It's and, kind of, and what do you, what do you find too? So Rachel, that's the other thing. So as a matchmaker, one of the things that I encourage people to do is not stalk people online. I imagine if you're online dating, you're going to want to get as much information as possible. I would, I would, if you're online dating, stalk the person like crazy, find them on all their social media sites, check them out. Right. I mean, I don't want, I don't want that happening in my business because I pre-screen and I've got that information already. And I do believe that uh, there is, uh, there is some uh, something amazing about a little bit of mystery that we don't really have in today's dating world. It's great that people don't have tons of information. They don't know, you know, they don't have pictures of the person's pets and their kids and all their activities and their friends and all the things that they did last week and then the food that they ate. I mean, it's, there's just overload of information. And, uh, but when you're, I assume it's different information though, when you're online dating, you probably want people to go crazy checking people out and right and and in doing that research <laughs> definitely not. i wouldn't say go crazy i would say if you are talking to someone for a significant period of time you might want to double check on on who they are and just make sure they are you know it, like you said this person that was talking to someone for two months and it was catfish uh you might want to google image search uh their picture and make sure that this isn't the case with that but i still agree that there should be some sort of mystery i think especially nowadays because we put so much online that you can get the wrong impression it doesn't mean that you shouldn't check them out at some point just for your own protection and just well honestly it's for your own curiosity half the time but i, I don't suggest stalking well I, I use that term really honestly i use that term playfully i do i think i mean online dating safety is super important it's super oh, sure. important yeah. and so you should check them out you should google them you should look up their online profile because you do want to know you do want a snapshot of who that person is because what somebody says on their profile online we know for a fact it's not always true and i know that from being with match also they 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 work really really hard i mean i know how hard they work on trying to uh for security reasons and scamming reasons and there are lots of people on there with different agendas besides love 
And so we need to, we do need to be careful. We do. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think it's more like, don't find their sisters, brothers, oh, uncles, yes. girlfriend from 20 years ago, and then stalk them too. Because I think people go down this rabbit hole I remember you when from they high find school. them online. And then all of a sudden you're at an, you're on a date with them and you're like, oh my gosh, tell me about your trip to the Galapagos. And they're like, I've never told you about my yeah. trip to the Galapagos. I know. And then it's creepy. That's the creepy part. It's totally creepy. And then it's awkward. So yeah. don't do that. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, um, so so let's talk about um, how how do you feel the what what uh, techniques would you uh, coach people to use when trying to find out about somebody else? So they've just met somebody, they've sent an email or they've had an email sent to them. What are the best questions that they could ask them right up front to find out the most important information to move forward? I always say that someone should start their dating process with having some non-negotiables. And I suggest having four, it makes it easy to remember, but having those four qualities that you're looking for in someone, and these are not physical qualities, obviously that's all there in the profile, but you know, are they kind? Are they funny? Are they family oriented? Are the, you know, all of those things that, that really kind of make a relationship work and then ask your questions around deciphering if they meet those non-negotiables. So you know, if, if you want to find out if this is somebody who's ambitious, you know, and that's one of your non-negotiables, you can ask them a question like, oh my gosh, you know, tell me about what, what you see yourself doing in five years, you know, or if you want to know if they're family oriented, like, tell me about your family. Are you close with your family? Do you live near them? You know, and, and sometimes you're going to want to ease into that with a little bit of fluff. I like to keep the fluff out once you've had those initial conversations about the weather and coronavirus and all of the things that, you know, are kind of those those icebreakers. Unfortunately, COVID has become an icebreaker at this point. <laughs> but then getting into the things that are really helping you to decipher, is this person a person that I want to continue investing energy in? Right. And I think if we start to focus on what are my non-negotiables, what are the things I'm looking for, and then asking questions that allow us to uncover whether or not this person has them is a great way to formulate questions that matter. You know, we have constantly coached people to, to get clear on what you're looking for. You have to know what you're looking for. And you've got to put that list together and then you can't negotiate it once you get online. You cannot negotiate that list. It You've shouldn't got... change. The list doesn't change. Well, right? I, I think people see a handsome face or a pretty face and they get so enamored with the profile or with the pictures yeah. that they forget what they're looking for. And so they immediately just dismiss all those things. And so it's what you're saying is, is great because you're actually basing your questions around if, if you still stayed true to that and you based your questions around what you value and the things that are important to you, you, regardless of what you saw, you would still hear it. So you would at least get that information and that might wake you up. And I think the other thing that I would say to all of that as well is, um, even though you know what you want, and like you said, it's not about looks, you should also try to keep an open mind because if your type was working for you, if the kind of people you like and the kind of look and the things you know that you go for were working, you wouldn't still be single. And so I think that's mm -hmm. super important that you keep your options open. Where have I heard know? that before? <laughs> A million times before, <laughs> you mean? <laughs> right, but you, you've got to keep your options open and try different types and different people and different looks. It, it, 
it, it might surprise you. And I can't tell you as a matchmaker, the amount of times that I've pushed my clients to go on dates with somebody and they're like, and they have literally said to me after a first date, they're not, they're not really my physical type right. or before the first date. And then like, I just had a couple get married. I can tell you that she was not attracted to him at all before the first date. And then the conversation was so great. I don't know that the physical thing was even there after the first date, but man, it took off from there. So, uh, so it happens and you do have to step out of your comfort zone. Uh, would, would you, how do you, how does that translate to online dating, Rachel? Oh my gosh, I completely agree. It's so funny. I I just I just have my my first viral TikTok. I, I sound like I'm 15 saying that, uh, and I feel 85. But I said this this exact thing. I have 205,000 people that watch this. Where I said, if you have a date and they meet your non-negotiables, but you are not attracted to them, you have to go out with them three more times. You have to because I've seen it. I used to marry strangers on TV. Like we've seen how people who aren't initially attracted to each other can then fall in love. Yeah. So this is something that is, is, is happening around us. If you have an open enough mind, there are so many times where I see people that they're in a situation that they're like, don't have that initial chemistry, don't have those butterflies. And then all of a sudden they're in love with this person and they didn't even realize it. You know, it, it was just, it kind of happened because it grew I don't think you fall in love. I think you grow in love. And they were able to grow in love because they they shared a foundation. They didn't share just, you know, I think they're hot. And I, you know, I have this physical reaction to them. And by the way, I keep sniffling and I'm like, oh my God, I can't sniffle in the age of COVID. <laughs> I'm like, so I want to apologize. I keep like rubbing my nose. I'm like, oh my God, I'm touching my face. Wait, I'm alone. <laughs> so many new rules. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard you sniffle once and I'm okay. not, we're not scared. Uh, and, okay. and, and we're video. So that even yeah. helps. So yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not like you're wiping your nose in front of me. Um, so, uh, so we had, uh, Marcus said, um, I've not met anyone that would accept a video conference, not even FaceTime. I wonder if people are afraid of looking bad on camera. Um, the answer to that, Marcus, is yes. We're all afraid of looking back. <laughs> but I think that's interesting, though, that he's yeah. having a challenge when, I knew, I you know, she brought up that there's like 70% of people want that. They want to be on, a, on to have a video conference. Did she say 70%? Did you say Yeah, I wanted like 58 70. to 60% or 70 Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. So he's got to get out of the 30% zone. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Else. Yep. That's exactly right. I am curious about that. You know, um, I know a lot of people aren't comfortable on video. And, and I would say to people, practice because nobody's comfortable on video. I was just telling some girls last week, we're not even comfortable on video. You know what I mean? We, we do it all the time and Don't we're not me, comfortable no. on video. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, you've got to, you've got to get comfortable behind the camera. It's awkward at first and, uh, and, you know, set it up. If, if this is something that people are doing now and it sounds like they are set this up, set your room up, get a, get one of those ring lights that they have, or get some kind of lighting in the room, set sure. your room up so that you feel confident in the way that you look, uh, so that you can do these. I think, I think that's important. But I think the other piece too is, is that. If you're feeling like that, there's pretty good chance that the other person is too. Uh -huh. So you're kind of both in the same boat. So just kind of relax and take a breath, you know, and, and be you. I mean, we always talk about that as be you, be authentic and everything will be fine. And if it's not, then maybe it wasn't supposed to be, you know, right. just be yourself. Right. Absolutely. And, and you know, who that's so important, Brad, thank you. That whole be yourself thing. And Rachel, I assume you would agree like that authenticity 
really attracts people because everybody's trying to put on an air. They've got these, you know, glamorous pictures of themselves, all these great places they've been. And at the end of the day, we are trying to connect to another soul. And so it's important that authenticity, I think, really draws people in. Uh, how do we show that on an online dating profile? And how do we show that in an initial connection online? I'm not an online person, so I'm totally deferring to you on this. Well, I think the first thing is don't use those crazy filters. Don't oh, you know use a, you. a highly retouched photo on your online profile. Nobody wants to see that. We want to see what you look like. I mean, obviously, don't go to the other end. We, we want to see you in your best realistic light, <laughs> in your best <laughs> authentic light. I had one of my friends, she put this, this picture of her right after she got out of the gym on her profile. And I was like, why would you do that? She's like, well, I wanted to warn them of what I could look like. And I'm like, that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> so you still want to look good. You want to look your best, but you still want to look like you. That's being and authentic. And I think it's also, yeah. <laughs> but that authenticity component is so important because, you know, how, how are people supposed to fall in love with you if they don't actually know you? So being honest about yourself, and that doesn't equate to, you know, dumping on them of all of your woes. That, that's a very different thing. I think sometimes people think that authenticity is just telling everybody about my childhood traumas on a first date. That's not what we mean by authenticity, but it's, you know, if they ask you a question, be honest about it. Don't try to paint a picture that you think. And we all do that sometimes, right? We're, we're with somebody new and, and they're like, do you like camping? I'm like, I totally love camping. And then two seconds later, like, please God, never invite me camping because I'd rather <laughs> die. So, camping is the four seasons. You know, thing. Yeah, exactly. Four-star hotel. Yes. <laughs> anything less than that is camping to me. Love it. You know, uh, I, it is it is that thing with authenticity, I giving too much information, and that includes over the phone. I mean, I know sometimes if people are lucky enough to actually get uh, a phone connection with somebody before they go on a date, don't spend too much time there. Uh, you know, you want to keep your phone call short. It's a connection, matching energy, deciding where you're going to go on your date and then meet in person because I can't tell you the amount of time somebody has turned somebody off. They haven't met you yet. They haven't gotten to see who you are. They haven't gotten a feel for your energy. They don't, they're not, they're not drawn in yet. So wait until you meet them to start with anything important or any heavy conversations. Just don't go there till you meet them. So these two-hour phone conversations people have before they meet, don't do that. Would you agree, Rachel? 100%. I like 20 to 30 minutes, have a conversation, get off the phone, keep them wanting more, and then get together in person or you know have a video. Whatever it is, uh, I've, obviously I'm so COVID <laughs> sensitive, so whatever your next step is, but... Make sure that initial conversation is short and sweet. Get to the, you know, the basic facts and then move forward. And yeah, do not just lay it all out there. Because like you said, people, once they're invested, you know, I talk to a lot of single parents that that are concerned about talking about their kids or, you know, certain things about their parenting schedules and all of these, these things on that initial phone call. And I'm like, okay, listen, obviously tell them that you have children, but you don't need to get into how awful your ex is and that you have, you know, all of these challenges and parenting time conflicts until they're invested a little bit. Because once they're invested and they like you, they don't even have to get to love you. They start accepting all of these other things that might be an initial challenge when you're not invested in anybody. It's kind of like, well, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to move on to the next person. 
Right. But once they're invested, it changes everything. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, I think the I think the biggest issue online is that ghosting thing where, you know, and maybe it's not ghosting completely, but you know, two people reach out, maybe they have a couple interactions with each other, and then all of a sudden somebody goes dark. They just disappear. Or maybe they talk about getting together or going on a date and they disappear for uh, days or a week or two weeks at a time. That's a huge red flag. You know, where, because this is, again, your world, how do you advise people on that? Because I would say run, because this is somebody that's probably playing their options. They've got a thousand conversations. Yours just fell to the bottom, you know, and you are just one of many. And is that really what you want? But I'm going to let you handle, I'm going to let you handle it from your perspective. Okay. So my perspective is probably not going to be super popular, but I think it's honest. I don't think that anybody owes anybody anything. I think oftentimes people ghost because they're non-confrontational and it's easier to walk away than to tell someone that they're no longer interested. That's a great point. Now, if you've been talking to each other for a considerable amount of time or you've gone on several dates, that's a problem. But if you're just exchanging messages and somebody falls off, just move on. They, they don't owe you anything. You weren't dating this person. You were talking to them and... You know, a lot of times it's the woman who's ghosting because they see, they, they start to let the men know that they're not interested and all of a sudden they're getting confrontational messages back and it's easier to walk away. So wow. my, my whole thing on ghosting is, listen, if there is not a, a, a significant investment and by that I mean time or dates, then I don't have a problem with it per se. I think once you get to an investment, then absolutely you owe people the respect. But if you're going back and forth for a couple of messages, you talked about maybe getting together and someone disappears, that's your answer. The ghost is the answer to say, okay, this person's not interested. Good. Yeah, I agree. And, and you do hear about them circling back around. So they'll disappear and then the, they'll say, well, they you know came back two weeks later or whatever. You have a choice to make at that point. You you kind of know where you stand at that point. So I would ignore it, right? Well, I, you... I think the other thing is don't take it personal. Oh, of course not. I mean, and there's a lot of people that do. Like, I've been ghosted and I'm tired of it and I'm sick. Of, like, don't take it personal. I think she brought up an a, a, a amazing point, which is just move on. Yes. You know, they're not interested. It's okay. doesn't mean you're not what you're supposed to be. Just move on. Yeah, and if everybody was for you, then you know, I mean, you wouldn't be single. Right, <laughs> wouldn't be online I mean, dating. The amount of people, so. the amount of people that are actually for us is such a small amount, and I cannot stress enough what Rachel said um, when she talked about foundational things. At the end of the day, the people that truly end up together, all the other minutia, the chemistry, and all that, that goes away. That stuff diminishes if you don't have the foundational things in common. And so you've got to really, really, really be focused on those and intentional about those in the beginning, because those will, those are the things that'll come to bite you once you've become attached. So don't even become attached to somebody that the longevity isn't there. You know, I mean, things like, and I'll give it a good example. I think family is a big thing. If you come from a really close family and you, you're, you're with somebody from a very broken family uh, or a very dysfunctional family, very often those, you're, you're not going to see eye to eye on a lot of things from the way that you date, the way that you love your love languages, the way that you raise kids. I mean, just a lot of things are going to be different. So it's super important that you are conscious of who you are and what you want. 
So Rachel, um, I, I, I think you would agree with me on that. 100%. Yeah. 100% agreement. <laughs> so, so, uh, so now that I've said that, so I think one of the things that drives me nuts, I think about the dating world, online dating especially, is I think th there's so many options available for people. I mean, there is there are a gazillion options. And then you said like Dating Sunday where it just spiked so much. There's so many people looking. I think people can get a little uh, overconfident with that. I mean, just because you have 100 emails in your email box, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take, if you met somebody great and there's a really great candidate that you shouldn't focus on them. So what is your advice online? Because offline, I would say, if you meet somebody great, you put your energy there. You go on dates, you, 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 you get to know that person because everybody else is going to be a distraction from there. You start adding other people in, then you're like, did I tell them this or did I not tell them this? Was that somebody else? Or, uh, you know what I mean? You start getting your stories mixed up and you know, I like this about this person and this about this person and this, and now your options are all over the place and your mind and your heart's all over the place. I personally think in any dating situation, if you find somebody great and there's a connection there, focus on it. Doesn't mean you have to stop dating indefinitely, but at least go on a few dates and give it a try. I would really love to know, this is because my world's a little different than the online dating world. Tell me what your advice is to people online. I think it's similar. It's a little bit different just because I know in the matchmaking cycle, it's very different because it's very curated and there's a lot at stake of, you know, each date should be kind of seen in, in its own vacuum. With online dating, I do think it's important to not overwhelm yourself with options because studies have shown the more options we have, the less we're able to actually decide. So it's that, you know, even they talk about like, don't come at me with a Chinese menu, come at me with a a menu of two or three things and I'll be able to make a decision quicker and easier. And it's the same thing with dating. So I suggest having kind of that pool of maybe three or four people that you're really interested in. It doesn't mean that you can't, it's gonna, it's gonna sound bad, you can't stay connecting with the other people, but make sure that you kind of have that, like I have the, the starters and then we have the bench. So on my starting team, I might have three or four people that I'm really interested in and there's gonna be a bench. And you're gonna wanna give those starters a little bit extra energy to weed them out to see if they are someone that is worthy of taking to the next step. It's different than matchmaking because you have to do the work for, for this. So I think though, it is important to narrow it down and not just to spread yourself too thin because then you end up making poor choices. Yeah, and, and the amount of people that are truly for us, it's such a small percentage. I mean, it's not, people think that love can just be found around the next corner, that it's just, it's something that's so available. And it's really, really not. The amount of people that are truly for us, that match us emotionally, spiritually, uh, you know, just some of the fundamentals, I mean, the, some of the biggest fundamentals, what, and, and I know politics has become a really big thing now, but spirituality, you know, if somebody's a if somebody is a strong Christian and somebody's not, I mean, those things are huge separators in the long run, regardless of attraction. So, knowing what you want and when you do find it, you know, really focusing on it because great people don't just fall from the trees. You know, I, I wish they did. <laughs> we <laughs> wouldn't I, have online dating if they did. <laughs> that, that, might, that might hurt, actually. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a question. I was wondering, we talk about it a lot on the show. Jen brings it up a lot, but she's finding that more women are reaching out 
and I'm guessing it's the same in the online world. So are you seeing that more women are reaching out and making that first move? And if so, I think the ladies that are out there would like to know what are some tips for them to do that um, in the right way to make those connections. So I wish they were. Ah, so <laughs> it is a little different. My, yes, it's it's a challenge because uh, we did some research on this last year, and I don't have the numbers at the top of my head, but it was still a fact that a large majority of women still wanted the men in heterosexual relationships to reach out to them. And I'm like, guys, it's, I mean, at that point it was 2020. <laughs> it's 2021 now. You can send the first message just because you send the first message does not disrupt the balance of masculine and feminine in the world or your relationship. Right. If you send the first message, you're not going to have to propose to him. Like that's not how this works. <laughs> so be okay sending the first message. And it doesn't have to be anything really intense. Actually, I prefer you not to send anything really intense. Just say, hey, I, you know, I really loved your profile and then ask a question about something in it. It could be something in a picture. It could be something written. Maybe they say that they have exotic pets and you're like, what the heck does that mean? Uh, you know, so figure out a, just something, one line that says they have something to reply to. And that's really all we're trying to do is we're trying to make that connection. But ladies, get on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's statistically. Every time. Yeah. That's statistically where women go wrong. I remember so many years ago, what did the, the term was like cherry pickers. The women were just, you know, waiting for the guys to do all the work. You know, and I think that's such a, that's such an interesting point is that, uh, you know, women expect the, the guys to court them online. They're expecting that courting yeah. process still, and it's a different world and it's a different environment. And you do have to be active. This, the, the statistics will, will back all this up. Like ladies, you've got to be active. You've got to be reaching out. The more people you reach out to, the better your chances are of finding someone and I'll say this, I think this is super important because we have to be equally yoked. And I think for guys or girls, if you are reaching out to a lot of people and you're not getting a lot of responses back, like people aren't responding at all, then you are choosing the wrong people. You might be out of your league. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I've, I have seen this and I've heard this a lot. Rachel, I, again, I'm going to defer to your experience, but you know, I, I give people this advice all the time. If you're getting ignored, you might be after the wrong people. Yeah. So you're on the bench. Go back, <laughs> back to research. We typically end up with people within a small percentage of our degree of attractiveness. So it, it feels wrong because you want to say shoot for the stars, but you might end up around the trees um, and that's okay. So yeah, I think it's really important to recognize that there is, there is a common sense approach to this of if I'm not getting a response, I might be going after the wrong people. And I know you've seen this in matchmaking because I have heard the stories and I've witnessed the stories where, you know, the, the 80 year old guy comes in and wants to date a, you know, swimsuit model who's 30 and still able to have kids. And you're like, are you a billionaire? Yeah, that's exactly. really that's the right. only thing that's, uh, <laughs> that's right. going to get you that. The bank account. That's not even the reason. <laughs> yeah. And then it would still be hard to find somebody to do that. But yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah. And it, it, and it does. I mean, I think that equally yoked thing, I'm not sure that people always, uh, people always have an understanding of exactly who they are and what their ultimate match is. Everybody wants the pretty people. 
And I can assure you this, the pretty people have a zillion messages in their inbox, you know, so you, you're putting yourself, unless you're, you know, the perfect package, the perfect 10, whatever, you're putting yourself up in, in competition of who knows how many people. So to boost your confidence, I probably would not shoot, you know, that high maybe initially. I don't know. I don't know. What, uh, is that what people do, Rachel? I mean, do they get on? I and, agree. I, I, <laughs> I agree. It's, it's called tough love. Okay. So. Yeah. 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 In reality. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the bottom line is most of us think we're hotter than we are. So, I mean, that's just a fact, right? What if somebody is, so what advice do you give to people? Because I do have these people that come and they're not having luck. People aren't emailing them back. They're not finding the right people. They're finding wishy-washy people. So they're not having the best experience online. What is your advice? Do they change their profile up? What do you advise them to do at that point when they're not having luck? Most of the time when someone's not having any luck, I think it's one of three things. One we've already covered, which is their their goals need to be reset uh, and realistic. Number two, their profile is either incomplete or a turnoff. And number three, their pictures are not good. And, uh, you know, the profile is kind of something that people aren't used to writing about themselves. So that could be a challenge. Sometimes people write two sentences and sometimes I, you know, I see full on, thesis of, of their life on the a profile. And that's not what you want either. So figuring out like, is my profile positive? Does it give somebody an opening? Does it display me in the best possible light? Stop saying that you hate online dating. That's probably not the way to get to the heart of somebody else who is also online right now. And then make sure that your pictures show you and and give you a an opening you know for somebody to come in and say oh my gosh you know where was that picture taken or you know tell me about this situation so i always like to have some sort of conversation starter in the pictures because some people just don't know how to reply i love the uh, i love the profiles that start with well i'm gonna try this again or this is my <laughs> third time like well swipe you know keep going you know because yeah, like, that makes I, no, I, why I would you do meet that? someone angry and negative yes exactly <laughs> wow you sound like a really happy person today Right, Rachel, I'm laughing. I forgot how funny you are. I really, I'd forgotten. Um, So, you know, uh, I think that picture is so important too. And guys and girls, here's, here's where people go wrong. Like I, guys, well, guys and girls always think that they, like they'll love a certain picture of themselves and they'll use that one. Ask somebody of the opposite sex, what picture you should use. Ask for their opinion because very often the, the pictures that we like of ourselves may not be the pictures that other people like. So get, because you do really only have seconds. I mean, I, I don't know how long it is that it takes somebody to swipe yes or no or whatever that process is, but it's such a, it's that, that initial picture is so important. Make sure you get feedback on that picture because I've definitely had to switch people's pictures out for them that they've, you know, either put in my, in my database or, or they're using online. I've, I've, I've gone and and grabbed pictures for them that they should use. So uh, would, would any other tips on that picture? Yeah, well, especially for guys, I actually, <laughs> I did this on a national TV segment last week on GMA and I, I, I gave the PSA that is really important. So I'm gonna give it again. Guys, stop taking pictures in your bathrooms. <laughs> I get it, you don't take a lot of selfies. 
but I don't want to see your toilet. I don't want to see your shower curtain. I don't want to see anything that shows that we're in a bathroom. It is not sexy. And I, I think it's something most men, I mean, I think a lot of women take selfies or at least take pictures with their friends and you can crop them out. But men have the hardest time with this. So ask a friend and preferably a female friend who take a picture of you. It takes two seconds, but it will make an enormous difference because otherwise you're going to look a little creepy. And you yeah. never know what's just behind you in that picture that you forgot to pick up. Oh God. I, and I notice all that stuff in people's pictures. I'm and like, you end uh, up on uh, those, uh, you end up on those social media posts where it says picture fails and it's you. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. You know, um, that, that picture thing too, I would imagine for women, like you were talking about men in the bathroom selfies, which are horrible by the way, but, uh, but, uh, or the gym pick, you know, the gym pick, I, I can't anyway. Um, I know it's awful, but ladies don't go overly sexy too, because I think, you know, if you're really looking for love and you, then you put a picture of yourself in a bikini or something like that. Yes, you're going to get attention. Yes, you're going to get a lot of emails. Yes, you're going to get a lot of, you know, uh, attention relating to your body and wanting people wanting to go out with you, but they might be after one thing and it might not be love, you know? So I feel like, yes, you want to put your best face forward, but you also want it to be a representation of what you're looking for long-term. 100% and no duck face and don't oh, use God, one of those crazy filters that please. all of a sudden you're like, that's not what my cheekbone looks like in mm. real life. I don't want to see you with a cat face. <laughs> or <laughs> ears or whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so uh, somebody said, uh, the gym pick. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so just to, just to wrap this up, uh, if you had to give, because uh, again, this is your deal, and I thank you so much for coming and joining us today because I know there's a lot of people frustrated with online dating. What would your uh, one or two best pieces of advice for people be that are, you know, that are online dating, having frustrations with it, or don't want to get back on and are thinking about it and are on the fence? What's your advice for them? I think the one thing is to don't lose hope. There is always possibility in, you know, the the possibility. There's always possibilities out there. There's always potential. Uh, and it always is a different cycle of people. And yes, there's still going to be the same people on occasion that you're like, wait, didn't I see you a year ago? But there always are new people joining and that makes such a difference. So don't lose hope. And also, if you are not having an easy time of it, find somebody that can look at what you're doing. So at Match, we have coaching. So we have coaches that will help you and walk you through your profile, but get somebody to look at it because a lot of times it's little changes that make an enormous difference. So if you are having frustration, definitely get that profile checked out and your messaging checked out to see if, if there's something that can just shift and make an enormous impact. Thank you for that. And I know that Match has brought in uh, a whole team of people at this point to, to help people and assist. So how would somebody get in touch with you or your group if uh, they wanted some help with their online dating stuff? It's all within the app. So you can just, uh, there's a coaching platform uh, that you can connect with us through there. And, and if you have any troubles with that, they can contact me directly and I'll place them in touch with uh, who they need to talk to. Awesome. Thank and you. And we do Great. have hotlines that pop up too. Okay. So keep okay. an eye out for that where even if you're not a match member, you can call in and ask for advice. We, we have some fun, <laughs> some fun phone calls. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> 
Well, I hope to see you soon again, Rachel. And uh, thank you for joining yeah. us today and all the great information. Everybody needed that. That yeah, was good. Yeah. And you still got what? How many weeks? Well, a week left before Valentine's Day. So we still got a, a nine week, days. Nine days of prime time. Still got time. So get your buns. If you're going to do it, get your buns on there and start searching. And if you're not having luck, change your picture, change your profile up, do whatever you need to do. Prime time for dating. So uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, you can also find Loveability on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, Google, uh, where you can re you know listen at, to any of the podcasts there. Uh, if you can't watch us, uh, also Facebook Live. And then if you haven't signed up for my database, I mean, I am a matchmaker. I've got lots of amazing clients, lovegen.com. So uh, we will see you all next week and have a great day. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.